Damn. So guys, straight off night shift from the episode. We're in the last two nights. Massa got his badge on, icy jacket, getting chilly here. Look at that, dude. RN. Can't disclose, guys, where I work, but. The question is that. Did you float today? I did not float mm -hmm. today. Mm -hmm. Interesting. But I did float the ship before and I had a I have an experience to share. Yeah. What kind of experience you want to share with us? Lessons with your experience. God bless you guys. So we actually both were in the ICU. You ended up going just to DOU and took some patients. With me, they wanted to play some musical chairs. So what ended up happening is there's always shortage going on. They always need to pull nurses, do some weird stuff. So they ended up wanting me to take four DOU patients from the ICU and admit them one by one in DOU. And even the charters for one of them, like I said, she wanted me to take that patient, wheel him and myself to the floor. Take it with you. Take with me after I take my break. And I stood up for myself at that point. I'm just like, don't we have transporters? If this was not in California, I wouldn't tell them, hey, I'm not going to do it mm. because you're supposed to. But in this case, I'm like, no, there's a transporter. We'll just wait. What's, you know, what's the rush? I'm going to be bust to mass. Yeah, it's a process because you got to get the bed from the step down unit. Bring it over ice to you, get the patient out of there and bring it back. Yeah. I'm going to that. And, and it's weird how the other nurses in DOU have assignments and I'll start to do all the admissions. Mm. But it is what it is. Didn't have any uh, choice. I actually ended up admitting only two from the ICU. And then they ended up switching things around. I was supposed to get a direct admin from another hospital. That one got canceled. I was supposed to take an ED admission. Lucked out. That did not happen. And it kind of went smooth from that. But it was just it's just busy, man. You know how it goes 7 to 11, you're charting, then you're admitting patients. So Yeah, I feel that same night I, I had three cold graves. How was it cold grave? It was interesting. <laughs> uh, the first one that happened, I was on I was on a break. <laughs> and like I was chilling in like the like a break room when I hear a cold grave overhead. Like it's, it's literally right when I went into buzz badged in, sat down, and right where they call it cold gray. I'm like, well, that's for sure my patient. And I was like in my head, I was like, you know, should I go go there and just like, take my break later, or should I just like chill? Decided chill. I like too, man. Yeah, your break. Yeah, it's a good charge nurse. I, I knew the charge nurse. She's really good. And I was taking care business. I was like, nah, they're gonna handle it. I'm not not worried about it. But that same night, I ended up calling two more cold grades on him. And this this guy had no IV access. Didn't want to take anything PO. We gave him I am Adaban one time. We gave him Haldol I am twice, and we gave him Valium. I am once. Oh, I am. Because you, this guy, you couldn't go there with the guy. And this guy was so adamant about leaving and he was so wobbly. He like almost fell for us like three or four times. And for days, he actually escaped twice. The first time, they found him on a staircase. Second time, they found him walking outside with his family. And the family was able to convince him to, to come in. So then they put, we put him on security hold. It was called a 1799 where the physician decides that the patient is not safe to leave either for for himself or or the risk of harming others. So we had put him on a 24-hour hold. So basically, we we're just telling the guy, hey, we're going to let you out in the morning at 8. You had to be here overnight. But he was still super, super adamant. So we had to give him those IMs, and we had to have three security guards pull him down for us to give the IM stuff. So it was, it was wild. And like he was sleeping for a little bit, and I was like, Maybe I can sneak an IV in, but then I'm like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna wake him up, which I kind of regret. I probably should have, because maybe he would have been a little more compliant, because that was the same night I decided to stay over. So I worked overtime that day, so I decided to stay till till eleven, 
because <laughs> this guy fell asleep at like five o'clock in the morning. And I was like, for sure, I'll stay over. I'll have the same patience. The guy's probably knocked out. He's going to probably sleep in all the way till noon. 8.30 comes around, start moving around. 9 o'clock comes around. I just see a like Frankenstein sit up from the bed. And I was like, oh, damn, it's 9 o'clock right now. I still got three more hours of this. Right. And once again, uh, but luckily Naka was coming by. And Naka was kind of freaked out the way he was behaving. He didn't want to put any orders in. He's like, he got psyched right away. He like freaked out. I was like, all right, so what we've been dealing with so all So literally looked like Frankenstein. Yeah, like literally like how you used to look like, at Frankenstein movie. He just yeah. like sits straight up. Uh, and I already knew that we locked eyes. I already know it's going to be back to back to square one, back to square one. But like we were, we were dealing with this stuff all night, and we had to keep paging people for orders and cold grades. And finally, the doctor comes around and freaks out. And it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes doctors like don't want to put in orders. That's kind of what was happening over, overnight. And then when he finally saw him in the morning, he's like, "Oh shit!" And then he finally did something. We we probably should have done something throughout the night, but sometimes people don't want to do anything until they come see it. And he like freaked out so bad, he called like psych. So I came, you know, running right off the bat, they evaluated him, they didn't know what to do. What was this guy's uh, main chief uh, complaint? Uh, alcohol withdrawal. So basically, he was withdrawing, he had a seizure at home, came into the ED, had another seizure. So we had to, we had to keep him. And I talked to the one of his family members, and they basically said that they want to keep him there because they don't want him home right now. They said, they literally said, whatever we got to do, strap him to the bed, give him any kind of medication, they gave us permission to do that. And I was like, that was pretty extensive. Yeah, and I heard the house soup uh, talk about that same patient today. And they ended up sending him home. Mm. He signed himself out of AMA. I guess that hole that you mentioned was expired. He was learning oriented and he just wanted to leave and they did. Yeah. Which I get it. It's a safety risk for the staff to, to keep this guy around. What are you going to do with him? Might as well just send him home. Yeah. And the way you mentioned the stuff to the family, it just sounds very sad. It sounds like. He's a person that's probably verbally and maybe even physically abusive mm-hmm. to his wife slash kids, and they want the best for him. But clearly, the hospital is not the not the place to be. So he needs to go to like a detox facility or something and have him, you know, do some wonders there to help this guy out. Right? Yeah. But once again, he's got to do it on his own will. We, we could have helped him detox for a month, or we could have helped him with the withdrawals, but he just didn't want to do it. And we know he's gonna go home, probably drink again, and probably repeat itself. Right, so that makes sense. So the seizure brought him there. Not that he wanted to stop drinking yeah, no. at the beginning. So. The seizure, yeah. The seizure brought him there and then... Um, just wanted to go home and crack a beer. Yeah, yeah, it's probably... I mean, he didn't say that's what he wanted to do, but what else is he, he going to do? He's not going to be able to manage withdrawal symptoms. Yeah. Like, he was already wild now. But he did get... The second time he freaked out when I was staying over, he was a little bit more steady and he was a little bit more with it, but he's still very delusional. So I'm sure he got a little bit better. When they let, let him go AMA or, or, or discharge or whatever they decided to do with him. So, you know, it is, it is what it is. So it was crazy because, like, the night prior, that was one of the hardest shifts that, that I had just because of that cold gray. Not because it was, like, crazy hard or critical. It was just that cold gray I was dealing with all night. And plus, I decided to stay over. So I worked 16 hours or 17 or whatever. So that kind of sucked. But it was nice because last night I got to be a relief for the ICU which is super chill, no patients. All you do is break nurses. You do a little bit of tasks, maybe help with the baths, help with uh, translating, reading lips in, uh, in last night's case. And then I got floated at around midnight's DOU, but it was clutch because the ICU was overstaffed, but that's telling so was DOU because they didn't have patients to give me. So what I was doing in DOU was being another break nurse. So I was relief in ICU and I was a break for DOU, which was a pretty smooth night because 
They have to chart a single thing. That's clean. Yeah, I charted five things yesterday. And those all five things were blood sugars I took. That's it. Wow. Super chill. So I went from like a crazy ass hectic day where I stayed overtime to this more chill night for me at least. No wonder to go. So really. Yeah. I was as soon as I hit seven o'clock, I'm like, oh, no one's got no one needs to break anymore. I'm out of here. But let me tell you guys, day shift was super, super short. That's probably the short I ever seen. I think they only had six nurses and then you had a total of twelve and I stepped down. So not a, not a bad, not or a real bad morning for day shift. Real big DSP. Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the lip reading. So Peter's helping me out translate with my quadriplegic patient that I had. And it's so sad because this person cannot move or anything, do nothing. And the only sense that she can use is her voice to communicate. And that got taken away from her because she has a trach right now. She's vented. She doesn't she does have the passenger valve. So you're just like trying to read your lips. Imagine how frustrating that is. And she has anxiety. Like, honestly, I would never wish that for anyone because that's like literally being buried alive. You literally. can't do anything. You can't move anything. It's just, you're completely hopeless. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I was giving her tissues, she wanted the tissues next to her, but she came and physically pulled the tissue and wiped herself. I just like, whoa. Um, but one cool thing I did is uh, I ended up switching to call lights because I don't know how, how they did this before, but you know the call light where you just like tap something over their head and then they call. <laughs> but the downside of that was you can't switch the remote on the TV. So she wanted to watch TV all night. So every single time I had to switch the, uh, the channel, I had to unplug it from the wall, plug the call light in, switch the TV, plug the other call light in. You the process. Small tasks. Yeah. About nursing. Yeah. So, so why I was really good at reading her lips is because I had her... When she was extubated, I had her on bipad because now she's trach. We wanted to prevent her from being trach. So I was literally reading her lips while she was on the bipad. Yeah. So I literally like almost figured out every everything out, like every every word that she was basically saying because she was super super anxious on that bipad. Super super anxious. I had to give her uh I forgot what I gave her, um I don't know what it was. Something for anti anxiety. It wasn't Adamant, it was something else. Someone in Z, I think. But or Anorex, it was Anorex, I believe. I gave, I gave that today as well, yeah. Anorex. First time I ever gave it. Mm. And it's cool because it works like almost like a Benadryl. It's not a opiate or sedative or Seroquel, so not psychoactive. But it works in a way where it just sedates them a bit in a way as like the Zyrtex and Benadryl medications. And it just makes them drowsy to go yeah. to sleep. It's, a, it's an antihistamine too. So it was interesting. Oh, I looked it up, I was like, antihistamine. Then, then it has like the off-label uses of like sedation or anxiety. I was like, oh, okay. Pretty cool. Yeah. But yeah. But it kind of sucked because she was doing pretty good on the bypass. So I was like, for sure, maybe she's not going to get tricked, but ended up getting tricked. Yeah. So this is what it is. All right, ladies and gents. It's a pretty decent debrief we had here. Almost wrapping up for contracts. I think we're at like, I'm at 10 shifts left. Literally a month. Today's what? The 18th? Yeah, that's yeah. the month. And for those that are listening, love these, love these debriefs. We're going to take a break for a few weeks slash months when we take a trip out to South Asia. So we'll see how we do these debriefs in the future. Maybe y'all listening and want to share your debrief story and want to share your experience. We're totally down to get you on the show, chat about your shit and pick your brain about the real life of nursing. Yeah, that was super fun. Like I'm down to do that while we're in Thailand, have somebody hop on, talk about their day, you know, shoot some shit. Yeah. And, and if you guys are listening and want to do that, just send us a message on Instagram or email us and we'll get you on a little chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in. We're going to go to sleep. Have a great day. Peace. Peace.